Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, Jason Isbell's Something More Than Free, The Batman. Right, it's just a golf expression. Right. But it is literally, we're going to do the back six. We did the front five two months ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. We're, we're, we're finally catching up to two months ago. Anyway, um, hey everybody. You're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. Except this week, we're doing Jason Isbell. And the second half of his record, Something More Than Free. If you are just listening for the first time, I'm J.B. Clark. That's Rob Carmack. What a weird time to join us, but welcome. I was Today gonna we're going to talk why? about <laughs> uh, six pretty underrated songs. Uh, I guess a couple are not underrated. They're just on the back half uh, for whatever reason. They're, some uh, of them are just correctly just, rated. Yeah, that's just how uh, you know Isbel rolls. Is he can he can chalk his records full of great songs, which is why we're doing the Isbel series. Is because you know this is a Bruce Springsteen podcast, and it's all about folks who are. Um, Really great songwriters, so that's 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 how we got to this bowl. Yes, so far two, got like two really great songwriters. Bruce Springsteen, we got a Bruce Springsteen bingo card song tonight. So yes, we do. Yes, we really yeah. do. I wonder really if it's like, the same. I wonder if you and I are thinking of the same one. I mean, there's really like two or three, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but one of them is like is uh, "Darkness on the Edge of Town" just with twang. Yeah, that's about right. Like the record, not the song. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Are, are we talking about Hudson Commodore? No, <laughs> I mean oh, that's a little so bit. Funny. Uh, but also, um, Speed Trap Town. Right. So yeah, yeah. This is, so so there, there's Bruce Springsteen vibes running through this whole thing. Yeah, just chock full. Yeah. So I mean, if we and we we've often said that we we believe that Jason Isbell is our Jason or our generation's Bruce Springsteen. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, which I mean, really, Bruce Springsteen is every generation's Bruce Springsteen, but. The, the heir apparent, as far as I'm concerned, is Jason Isbell. Uh, speaking of, of our generation, I had a, a stark realization that's been weighing heavy on my heart. Um, it may not be true, but but I'm, I'm thinking it might actually is uh, be true, which is... Uh, so there's, you know, um, like Born to Run and like Thunder Road. One of those Heard is of like them. the, you know, set 60s... Is it 60s? 70s. 75. All right, 75. Sorry. One of those is like the 75, like the 1970s call to action youth in revolt song of that decade. You know, and that's a decade that has a ton of them. But one of those is like the, we can, I think we can all agree that like it's one of Bruce Springsteen's songs. One of those two is the 70s call to action youth in revolt song. I mean, you and I are on a Bruce Springsteen podcast and neither of us was alive in the 70s. So we, we can definitely say that definitively. Okay, sure, whatever. So there's one for every generation, right? <laughs> I mean, there's like a little wiggle room here, but it can't be passive. It has to be like an active call to action, right? Yeah. And so, uh, like, baby, we were born to run, you know? Yes, we were. Or like the screen door snap, you know? Like, there's action. Uh, so anyway, the 2000s, whenever I was like a, a teen, uh, when I was in like high school and college, uh, that song is "Get It Started" (parentheses in here) featuring Fergalicious and Will I Am. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's just the truth, and you know, it you know it's like everybody's got to know the words. Uh, you know, like it has to be played. Just uh, one of those songs, like if you go out on a Saturday night, like you will hear it. You know, like those sort the you know that song, the Youth in Revolt, Call to Action. Yeah, so there we are. 
Interesting. Yeah, it could be The Middle by Jimmy World, but I don't think The Middle fits quite all the criteria. No, that's a different song. Sorry. That might be like a 90s one. That's a 90s one. I was thinking, yeah. um, I was trying to think of The Middle by Jimmy World, and it came out as Semi-Charmed Life. Semi-Charmed Life. life. Um, well, you just had a unique moment on this planet Earth. No one's ever sought out to sing the middle and then sing Jimmy Charm Life before I don't in know the history of planet Earth. I don't know that that's right. I, I once saw Jimmy World and Third Eye Blind on a on a co-headline one time. So that's it's possible that that's happened before. All right, maybe. But who knows? I'll allow it. <laughs> so anyway, we're not here to talk about any of that. We're here to talk about the, you know, the back half of something some more time. than free. If a little bit, a little bit, dun, dun. yeah. Little That's little, the you're in the middle of the round. Everything, everything will be, be just, just fine. fine. Everything, everything will be all right. All right. And it's got the most insane guitar solo in the middle that is just like sort of swept past. But it's like the hardest thing I've ever tried to commit to memory. <laughs> it's a good solo. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, Jim Atkins is the guy that sings and plays all the lead stuff. So sometimes he does both at the same time. Nice. And it's just, he's, they are a tight, very disciplined band live. I, yeah, I've seen them a couple of times and they're, they're a really good live band. It's a perfect show. Like if you just want to go see a perfect rock and roll show, you can't beat it. Uh, Bruce Springsteen can beat it. We're on well, a Bruce Springsteen yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like, well, I guess like it's a, a, a Jimmy World song, uh, show is probably a little more easy to get to. I mean, right now, I don't know if any, are, are they right, touring? Right. I guess so. I don't know. Probably, probably like with strict rules. I don't know if they are. They, they don't really have to tour. They're pretty chill. They're just and, making money off the middle. Yeah, still. I'm sure. Jeez, if you could have just the license, like just the bass player performance royalty for that song. <laughs> you could do okay. Set. Yeah. The guy who plays the shakers. <laughs> uh, uh so let's talk something more than free. This is a uh, record that I think, um, well, we talked about this already in the last one, but this is a record I think that gets a little bit lost in the mix of the Jason Isbell mix-up. Just yeah, because I, he's got, I think that's right. On either end of this record, he's got uh, like masterpieces. I mean, we, yeah, we talked about like his two best albums are, like this, this, song, this, this album is sandwiched between his two best albums. And yeah. it's the follow-up to his signature album, which was South Southeastern, and uh, and we, we talked in the last episode where we we talked about the first half of this record. We talked about how this is a this is really sort of a, a maturity record. It's like once the once the guy is sobered up and once he's sort of figuring out that he can live an adult kind of life, this is the album where he kind of reckons with what that looks like. Yeah. Not unlike Darkness on the Edge of Town. Not unlike Darkness on the Edge of Town. Yeah. So we're uh, and his next record is not unlike the river. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's right. Um, so anyway, yeah, th- this is uh, so, yeah. So basically, he's exactly like Bruce Springsteen. That's what we're trying to say. Do you think that um, he will also just like uh, in the middle of just a conversation about something else, just <laughs> take a hard stand? <laughs> he he takes a lot of hard do that stands. as much these days as he used to. <laughs> he's great, man. Uh, so, do you think this record was one he got some of the guys involved a little bit more? And this is where do you think this is the record where he was like, you know what, let's put the band back together? Do you think this is what made him do that? 
Um, I don't know. That, that's a good question because the next album is a full 400 unit band um, album. So I, I don't I don't know if he he felt that longing here or or if because because a lot of the players on this album are the 400 unit. Right. Which makes me think maybe he had him around and he's writing these songs that are like probably, you know, he's they've been friends for a long time. And he's like, what would you do if one of your buddies just sent you like a voice memo that was <laughs> if it takes a lifetime, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or 24 like, come over right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I think and I think we talked about this in the last episode too. I think Jason Isbell is not unlike Tom Petty in that regardless of whether or not he's doing a full band album or a solo album, he still when, when he has need of certain types of musicians, he he always calls the same guys. Yeah, Bruce too. Well, Br- Bruce would would deviate, you know, like with, on Devils and Dust, he brings in Jim Jordan. He brings yeah, in, but there's still like, Steve Jordan. It's, it's not a ton of yeah. Jim Jordan is a congressman who's a not not uh, not a great musician or great yeah. anything real doof <laughs> yeah I'm uh, but i mean like bruce bruce brings in steve jordan another other times too and steve jordan just plays miscellaneous percussion on like wrecking ball and so you know what i'm saying like he's got even whenever he has like another band he's got like three bands you know he's got like the 90s band yeah he's got his band and he's got the uh the big uh kind of 2000s version of his band and then he's got the folk band right and and the and the sessions band, right? Well, that's what I, the folk band is. Oh, okay, that's I what see. I yeah. And there's like you know, there's even some crossover, you know, in there in each of those. So and yeah, from iteration right. to iterations, so, you know, he's got a handful of people. Yeah, he's still like you see Charlie Giordano show up on the Western Stars documentary, and yeah. uh, Roy, Roy Bitten stayed in the band through the '90s. So like, yeah, he, yeah, he, he does. But <laughs> Roy, like, come on, set up some of these. Uh, what do you call them? It's a thing on a computer, too. Keyboards. Roy, come set up some of these keyboards in my garage. Hi, Roy! <laughs> Professor! Yeah. Oh. Um, meanwhile, Tom Petty always had the same five guys, regardless of yeah. what he was recording. Good point, good point. And Jason's got five, you know. Which yeah. is sort of a Shoalsy thing, you know. Like, all the different producers and guys down there have, like, their players. Because they, you know, they, they weren't that far away from Nashville. And that's when they had the... Um, Oh, what was his name? The Nashville sound guy, sound guy with the with the Dave Cobb. No, great job, give Dave Cobb. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Uh, from like the original producer, um, Duh. Owen Bradley. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. like Owen Bradley had his like A team and his B team. Like Owen Bradley ran like a baseball farm system, but he. He always had his guys, and if you know if one of them couldn't play, then like he had a you know a bass player he'd call up from you know Muscle Shoals, <laughs> and if that guy wasn't available, then he had like a bass player he'd call up from Jackson. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the cool thing about some of those old studios is that they had yeah. their like the Wrecking Crew or the 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 Muscle the Muscle Shoals players, you know, like the, yeah, um, that like you, you could always sort of count on a good sound coming out of those spaces because yeah. they had their guys and girls. Uh, when we yeah, when we drove past Fame Studio this weekend, April was like, so weird that it's just surrounded by Chick Fil A's now. <laughs> <laughs> that's the it's South, just all like right. a Sweet Peppers Deli and a Chick Fil A, and this new place that's called like, steam. It's it's not steamy seafood. It's not soggy seafood. It's somewhere in between. It's not quite appetizing. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, that's right across the street from Fame now. So interesting. Well, let's talk about the next track. Let's pick up where we left off the last right. time we were talking about this album. Then the next track on the list is "The Life You Chose." Yes, this is a great song. It's got a little shuffle to it. Yeah, it does. It's got a little soul to it. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah. So I think the um yeah it's groove like more than you get sort of a country song it's like there's a little americana mixed with some like soul sensibility in the drums because i think it's because the drums are pushing and pulling in different spots Mm. um sometimes they're sort of pushing the beat sometimes they're kind of pulling on the beats yeah so yeah talk talk to me about like how how does this song make you feel as a musician i think the phrasing in the chorus is masterful and Mm -hmm. jason is really good at this and so like the uh second stanza or the second phrase of a stanza is longer but the rhyme scheme comes in at the same number of syllables, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be like, um, well, I was trying to find it. It's also on another spot in the song. Well, I can't find it. Never mind. Okay. He emphasizes it weird, and I can't find it. Oh, yeah, yeah it's in the chorus on this one. Um, so like, are you taking a grown up dose? Do you live with a man who knows you like, I thought I did back then? Yeah. So sorry that there was such a pause there. That's okay. (laughs) I was looking at all the verses. Yeah. So like, are you living the life you chose? Are you living the life that chose you? Are you taking a grown up dose? Do you live with a man who knows you like I thought I did back then? Yeah. So he like hangs on a phrase and then kind of falls down. Like stumbles through the rest of it, so that so that the rhyme scheme matches up, even though the phrases are all different lengths. Yeah, it, and um, stru- structurally, it's really good, and it, it's it's really catchy. Like that, the living the life you chose, like it, it is yeah. really catchy. Well, and, and it's like an E. Cummins poem. Mm. The way that like the syllables play with each other, and kind of the way that the rhyme scheme falls down the, you know, like if you look at it on a sheet of paper, it's it's. Yeah, it's one of those kind of poems, but it's a great melody, too. Yeah. Well, and thematically, it fits into what we've been talking about. It's a, it's a coming-of-age sort of story, or it kind of song, and sung in the second person to uh, to a young lady, presumably, who is, um, you know, who he, he's basically saying, like, okay, now you're you're in this place in your life, and are, is... I mean, really, he asks it. It's very on the nose. It's, are you living the life you chose, or has your life been like laid out for for you without necessarily your consent? So, like, yeah. are are you are you an active participant in your own life, or are you basically just taking whatever's given to you? Yeah. I and just the picture of like the person he saw that first time, uh, is so vivid. You know that like teen completely out of place in time in you know as he will say later like a real backwoods place that's lived a lot of backwoods years uh and it's changed him like but that first verse the picture it paints who are you if not the one i met one july night before the town went wet so like this is you know 80s 90s back before they started selling booze yeah which is a real southern thing, like before the town went wet. There's so many wet and dry counties here, you know, and like, so one July night, so it's this, you know, it's hot, it's muggy, but it's a little bit 
less worse than it was earlier. But also, Jack, yeah, Jack and Coke in your mama's car, even though it, the town is dry, somehow there's Jack and the yeah. Coke in the car. So which you is got it. Not advisable. You, you're somebody who got it, you know, and you're out in your mama's car, which is like decidedly not your car. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but also she's, I met she's my not best just... friend when he was riding his mom's bike, right? Which had a car seat, you know? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it's decidedly not his bike, you know? It's just, it's someone who was specifically out of place in this more general out-of-placeness. Yeah. And but, then you were reading the bell jar. Yeah, I was going to say, she's not up to, like, no good. She's not She's not up to shenanigans. She's, she's sitting in a parked car, drinking Jack and Coke, reading a book. Yeah, so we've got, like, a month, some temperature vibes, a general time, a recipe, a specific vehicle. Right before alcohol was legalized, we've got Sylvia Plath. We've got a masterpiece. That's what yeah. We have. It's four lines, four very short lines. It's really good. Yeah. And then who are you if not your own? You're always so lonely, never quite alone. Um, where's the Jesus that you swore you'd find after running the last line? Or, uh, so like there, there's the sense that she, she is fully her own individualized self. But then at some point in her life, she like stopped being herself and she started living the life that was handed to her. And, and the song is almost like a lament for the individuality that was this person. Yeah. Man, and then he loses his fingers and settles out of court. He's got a little money. They spent enough time in this bluegrass state. We could go somewhere where people stay up late or just somewhere new. So he's inviting her, like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go pick up a couple of dusty paperbacks, a fifth of Jack, a couple cans of Diet Coke. Let's get in that car. Let's go. Here I am inviting you to throw your life away. Victim of nostalgia, maybe takeaway. Just tonight I realized I'm still in your back seat. Nothing I've said since has meant a thing to me. Are you living the life you chose? Or are you living the life that chose you? Mm. It's good, man. It's a good song. That, Solid. like, are you taking a grown up dose? <laughs> kind of like, I think about that in so many different contexts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good solid song, and uh, I like it. Yeah. I I mean I can say that about all six of these songs. Like there there's there's not a bad one here. No, I like them all. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. They're well, all hovering right over or right under four stars. Yeah, I'm I'm right I'm about at. right at four with with all of them. Yeah, I got one three and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, no, three. I got one three. Is it the next That's one, it. which is something more than free? Actually, I'm gonna bump that one up. No, something more than free is 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 all fives for me. Yeah, I, th- I think the same. The, the, this is I think this is the best song on the side. Well, and this is the one he he continually like. I I've seen him now three times, and this this is the only song. Oh no, I, I take that back. He's done 24 frames every time too. Um, this and 24 frames are the only two songs from this album that he does every time. Yeah, it's dude. It's so good. It's real simple, musically. A lot of acoustics and walking bass. Fiddle does some really good, like, textural work. You know, the band just kind of slowly comes in. It's one of those where you, like, it starts off acoustic and then it's a full band song. You're not really sure where it... Yeah. Well, I guess the chorus, like, pretty comes in pretty good. This song reminds me a lot of Factory. I mean, we were were making a lot of comparisons to Bruce Springsteen and Darkness on the Edge of Town. This, because because it's it's about how doing the work makes you exhausted but also gives you life yeah yeah and just like this is written by a guy who lives in a town i mean like speaking of factory ford left i think ford pulled out of the shoals in his lifetime 
Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real thing. Like these working class, he writes about this. We've been listening to him all weekend because we were up there. Um, he's got so many songs about like working men mm-hmm. and blue collar jobs, you know? And, um, and this is that just like, at least I'm not strung out and, and broke, you know? Like at least I'm busy, busy enough all day to, you know, not get bored and I got enough money to pay for the roof over my head and I don't know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like it. And it 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 is just sort of a it's it's that uh the chorus of um I don't think I'm why I'm here when it hurts. Uh I'm just lucky to have the work. And Sunday yeah. morning I'm too tired to go to church, but I thank God for the work. So, like he's 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 feeling the weight of the job. The job is not easy. The job is actually really hard, but he's I sat got, in an arena. F- oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry. I interrupted you. There. No, you're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. I sat in an arena full of like Southern folk in Tupelo and felt like this song, like a ghost in the room. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was, it was heavy. It was big when he played it here. Um, yeah, but it was, yeah, what I'm working for is something more than free. What do you? Th- I mean, this is the title track of the uh, of the whole album. So, what what do you think? What do you think's going on with this title? Why 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 did he name the album something more than free? I think there's this like you can work to. Have you ever worked with the person who's like out loud counting down the minutes until five? I've been the person, uh, not out loud, but like in my head. But just like every five. single day. <laughs> <laughs> and then. There's the people who are like, maybe not like this is God's work, but they're like, I'm not done yet. I'm I'm, I'm gonna finish up real quick, mm. you know. Like, and they're like, there's this idea of like working to be done working, and then there's this other idea of like working to be proud of what you finished and mm. being finished with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. That that it's. Like you, you don't feel free when you're in your when you're on the job. But there's something there. There's something life giving about having the job. Well, or yeah, just doing something, doing something, having done something. Yeah. Like I used to go to these conferences uh, where people would like, I don't know. So there's sometimes they're like you go to these writing conferences and they get sort of co-opted by you know mark like funnel marketers or whatever. And there's just so many people there who are like so many tons of writers who are like networking and so many people there who are like trying to figure out how to make the internet, make them not work for anybody ever again. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, like, (laughs) I think there's a difference between, you know, there's like those kinds of, there's two people. They're like, I just don't ever want to have to like work for somebody again, which is fine, I guess. But I just always sort of gravitate towards that. Like, I mean, it's totally fine. I just always like, I don't really care what the situation is. Like, you know, sometimes it's nice to work for yourself on a project and sometimes it's nice to not be responsible for it. But like, I mostly just want to, the thing I'm concerned with is like work out I want to do or work that I'm proud of instead of like freeing myself of a boss or of a nine to five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like, that's what I think that is like something more than free is like something. I think it's something that you've done, something that you're proud of or whatever. Well, and it's there's a maturity to this outlook, right? Like th- this is this is something this is more than the yabba dabba do songs that we've talked about. That it's all about getting off work. This is 
like he talks about getting off work, but it's more just sort of it, it's more the tiredness of it of it all, and more the I'm just I'm lucky to have it. You know, the the hammer needs the nail, and the yeah. point, and and so it's I I think. I think he titles the album for this song because I think the the song sort of epitomizes the maturity that he's looking for. I, like I I think in, in the aftermath of Southeastern, he's looking to sort of see himself as a grown up, you know. And like part of being a grown up is understanding that work is part of life, and that that's um, it, it's not something to be escaped. It's something that can be celebrated. It can be embraced. People can be proud of what they do. Yeah. And he sings about these like sort of grandfatherly. I don't know how, where who they specifically are, but these sort of like grandfatherly um, figures in his community, and I guess grandmotherly. He sings. He's got many songs about these folks who like are just hardworking and and don't make any fuss about it. You know, like he he clearly wants to just he. He wishes he didn't have all that shit in his head. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think there's part of that, too. Is like, there's some people who go to work and read the Bible and feel good about it at the end of the day. And that doesn't necessarily make them better people, but, they, you know, that seems good. <laughs> that seems all right, you know? It's, uh-huh. That seems less, like, uh, agony. <laughs> um, Than, like fighting all these demons down mm-hmm. um but i guess like also everybody's got their demons so yeah and, and and maybe i think part of this album is about shaking off the demons and sort of embracing life as it is yeah you know it, it's it really is a it, it this this album really is a real is a good follow-up to the narrative of southeastern absolutely yeah i think i think it's it's just a you know, sort of that next little jump. Yeah. You know, definitely. Well, you want to talk about the next one, which I guess you, you, you were about to say is a darkness on the edge of town homage. Yeah. Or, or a, uh, Nebraska song. Yeah. Well, the, and of course we're talking about the next song, which is speed trap town. Yeah. So, uh, this is like pretty, pretty low fi acoustic, you know, the guitar, the mic, uh, like the vocal mic feels like it's in a different, just in the room and not like right on him. Uh huh. Compare with the other, you know, songs of the before and after. And there's some really great slide guitar. I don't know. Everything's so like understated and really killy. I mean, really killer. It is. It, it really is a lot more stripped down than a lot of the things that we've gotten so far on this side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To me, like the roses in the shopping cart is, it just seems like it would be a Bruce Springsteen lyric because it's like a specific thing that kicks it all off you know what i mean uh-huh like that's sort of a screen door yeah screen door slam it's a little bit less symbolic you're like less like uh visceral but it's just like a a thing that, that starts it all and just the speed trap town is to me like if bruce springsteen was from the south he would have written a song called speed trap town a long time ago i grew up in a speed trap town yeah yeah in, yeah, yeah. in a town sure. where really like people pass through and you, like uh, tickets and yeah, people get tickets like that's that was sort of the uh, there's yeah. one blinking red light in the middle of town and that's you know heads up Hallsville, texas highway 80 yeah <laughs> yeah 
Well, Welcome. Goodbye. And it, 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 I love it. Even takes a shot at people who go to five A high schools. Like you, you don't, you don't see that in a lot of songs. Yeah, these five A bastards run a shallow cross. Yeah, <laughs> which is like, uh, you know, like a five A school's got big. Always has bigger kids. There's more kids, right? It's just more. Yeah, I grew, then, I grew up in a in a one A school. Oh, dude, I grew up in a six A school. <laughs> oh, geez, we're the first six A in Mississippi. And but they, uh, you know, so the shallow cross is like a, you know, where you you go out just a little bit and then you run back across the line and so if you got these big tall fast receivers you can just like it's just fat you know they're just their routes are just shorter and quicker and they just run all over you so um yeah anyway i love that line <laughs> these five eight bastards yeah but you're right this does have a have a bruce springsteen sort of feel to it because you're they're stuck in a speed trap town and it says the, where the bit where it says it never did occur to me to leave till tonight and there's no one left to ask if I'm all right. I'll sleep until I'm straight enough to drive. Then decide if there's anything that can't be left behind. So I mean, this is this is born yeah. to run. It's it's Thunder Road. It's we're, we're, it's a town full of losers, and we're pulling out of here to win. Well, and that uh, he does that that sort of like stumbly phrase again, where he says there's uh, there's no one left to ask if I'm all right. I'll just sleep until I'm straight enough to drive. Then decide. Like he doubles the rhyme. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. Then, you know, the line about his dad still here. You know, how long can they keep you in the ICU? Yeah. Veins through the skin like a faded tattoo. Ooh, that's a good line. Veins through the skin like a faded tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Was a tough state trooper till a decade back. So basically, he doesn't leave. You know, like, and he keeps saying, like, because cause he's saying, I'll see if there's any any reason to stay. And then he, daddy wouldn't make it a year, but it's it's past the, the holiday. So, like, he decided to stay for his, his father, who is sick. And, I mean, I, I think the unspoken thing no, here the, is. The last, the last line is a thousand miles away from that speed trap town. Oh, I guess that's right. I, I, I guess he, he, he doesn't leave until the end. So, the road got blurry when the sun came up. Um, so I slept a couple hours in the pickup truck, then drank a cup of coffee by an Indian mound a thousand miles away from that speed track. So you're right. He gets out. It's just, yeah. he, he doesn't, he doesn't get out on the first try because, because no. daddy's in the ICU. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first try wasn't even that. The first try was something more than, wait, the first try was the life you chose. Like, <laughs> like the first time you got tried to get out of town was two songs ago. <laughs> right. I guess that's right. So, I mean, in this song, the first time he tries to get out, yeah. daddy's in the ICU. Yeah. So he does this make it just, out. Dude, yeah, and it gets so the instrumental at the end's like so emotional with all that slide guitar. What what's uh, what's interesting oh go ahead. Sorry, you're done. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. You I was just th- thinking like the sequencing of this album is so interesting because you get the life you chose, which is about t- being an active participant in your own life. And then you get something more than free, which is about pretty much just appreciating the work that you have. And then this one, which is about escape. So like yeah. it's almost like he can't decide which he wants to be. Does he want to be the the rebel who escapes, or, or does he want to be the the person who lives the life he chose instead of the life that chose you? Or does he want to just say like you know what I'm just glad to have the work you know and and and, yeah, and I think he's living in the paradox of yes both. You never I mean like whenever you're in the country you just want to live in the city and when you're ever in the city you're just like want a little space man yeah. <laughs> you want to stretch your arms out whenever you're on the road you miss home whenever you're at home you're just going nuts cuz you want to be on the road mm. uh yeah yeah so it narratively it is interesting sequencing of, yeah. of these three songs so and then we got Hudson Commodore 
Which is what I thought you meant when you were talking about Bruce Springsteen. Well, yeah, because he's got like this character, this uh, driving his Daisy kind of lady in the back seat. But also he names he names cars, which is Bruce yeah. Springsteen bingo. And like an uh, old one, like the Della High. Yeah, a very specific types of cars. And the Hudson Commodore, which is like if there's a chase scene between mobsters in the south, like moonshine and monster, mobsters in the south. Yeah. They're they're all driving Hudson Commodore. Well, that's I mean it's it's the Hudson Hornet from Cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so this is like a fancy lady sorta. Yeah. She took tea out in the Belvedere, Belvedere, Bourbon in the Evenings by the Fire, as if the Great Depression never made it here, as if she had defeated her desire. Uh, but the course is that she just wanted to ride in a Della 135. She just wanted to ride in a Hudson Commodore. No need to worry anymore. So it's it's not about all the stuff she's got. It's about how she just wants to like be free and on the road and not even have to drive. This chorus, by the way, the where where it goes up and it says she just wanted to ride. I can't decide if it reminds me more of the Eagles or of uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. You know what well, I mean? Well, man, I liked it a lot more until you said the Eagles. Am I wrong? Started Eagles harmony, and I was like, oh man, am I That's wrong? It's a great harmony. I almost the one thing about this song is like the harmony is a little too. I don't the harmony. It, it's like it's a little disconnected. From the lyrics, maybe. I don't know. No, I guess the lyrics are about it. They're, I don't know. Yeah, because it, it's she wants to ride. It, you know, yeah. I, I, I like that. I like the, the harmonies. I like I, I don't mind the Eagles. So like it, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Am I wrong? Does it remind you of the Eagles at all? Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or or CSNY. I'd take yeah. either one. Uh, Yeah. I don't have a ton to say about this one. I mean, the harmonies are solid and the production is really great. It's, it's just a good classic country song. Yeah, it's good, man. I, 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 it's, it's just pleasant to listen to. Yeah. And the fiddle is doing some creepy stuff. A lot of good fiddle in this album on this half of the album. A lot of good, like creepy fiddle. Yeah. Like that. Something sad's coming kind of fiddle. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean that that is that is the quintessential like use of the fiddle when you're a Jason Isbell song. Yeah, for sure. Do you have anything else to add to this one? Not a lot. No, I like really the the, the minute I, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, it's like the Eagles. I was like, okay, I guess I guess my thoughts on this song are summed up pretty much right there. So, um, it, it I, I like I, some of the phrasings are really good here. Like the opening line, I really like. Time between the glory days and the golden years, like that's. Such That's a, a perfect, great line. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect encapsulation of middle age. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's because that's like life stage wise. Like that's exactly where I am. I'm somewhere between the golden, the the glory days and the golden years. <laughs> yeah, we need to come up with a better brand for it. So maybe it'll be great. Yeah. I don't know. Forties. Yeah. Like tired because it's exciting years. Yeah. That's just around you. You're just tired because you're tired. I'm just tired. That's all. But yeah, it's it, exhausted. But yeah, this is a pretty song. I like it. I don't like thematically. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I, but I, I do. I, I think it's 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 really nice to listen to. How do you feel about uh, Palmetto Rose? I like it. It's it's real bluesy. It, it it picks things up really good. Yeah, the bass is awesome. <laughs> yeah, talk to me about that. What? How do you feel about it? It's just all. It's just. It's just rocking and rolling, man. It's bluesy. It's got a lot of soul. 
uh, and it's just it's making big jumps, which is cool. You don't, you know, baseline usually like stays pretty close to the tonic or whatever, but this one's like all over the place. It's nice. What does he mean, Lord? Let me die in the iodine state. That's South Carolina. South Carolina is the iodine state. It was. <laughs> now it's the Palmetto state. Oh, okay. So the i they uh, uh whoever the powers that be that were trying to like sell uh vegetables from from um. South Carolina, we're like, well, we got tons of great vegetables, so we'll call it the iodine steaks. There's a lot of iodine in vegetables, and that's where you get your iodine. But then, like, you know, Morton iodine salt came out, and so, like, we don't even talk about I haven't, haven't, they haven't talked about iodine in vegetables in my entire life. Um, or even that you need iodine, because people just use salt <laughs> that has iodine in it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So then, then it was the Palmetto State, which is like their state tree and so then there's the palmetto rose which is like a decorative rose that has been made from the leaves of a palmetto tree so think about when someone makes a rose out of like icing or out of like wood shavings or out of fake you know rose petals like doing that but with palmetto uh leaves it's pretty it's kind of cool you know it looks like something you would somebody's got like you know a piece of driftwood with some bad pottery on it and something like etched in it, you know, like a cross or something with a Bible, you know, you might put a palmetto rose on that, you know, or somebody's trying to make a cabin look rustic. Yeah. Uh, but the story is basically that like South Carolinian women would pin them on, uh, their fellas before the civil war to keep them safe. And so that's what that reference is. Oh, when he talks about a bullshit civil war story. Yeah. I like that line a lot. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's the whole thing about the about the Palmetto Rose. So it's it kind of sounds like he's talking about like you know making them like someone who's who's selling them maybe. Okay. Uh, well, at first it's the it's the AC driver. I guess the AC driver is talking is talking is telling the story of his Palmetto Rose. But interesting. Yeah, I I thought I assumed a Palmetto Rose was a drink. No. So I totally missed so, the point of this this song. Yeah, and so he's kind of talking about like who makes the best one. It's a basket of sweet grass and a wedding bouquet. It's the ladies so, I love and the law that I hate. But Lord, let yeah. me die in the iodine state. Well, and it's a war that we rage wage to get up every day. It's a basket of sweet grass and a wedding bouquet. So that kind of encompasses just the daily life, but also like it's a symbol from a civil war from the losing. You know, like the agreed upon by most, or at least it was for a while you know, like definitively bad side, like, you know, the tan army men. Yes. <laughs> uh, or from that to like a basket of sweet grass and a wedding bouquet, the ladies I love and the law that I hate, but look, but either way it's home. So Lord, let me die in the iodine state. I will say I have been to Sullivan's Island. Yeah. It's, it's at, it's outside of Charleston. And then out on Sullivan Island, there's yeah. So like, it's that's a beach where they town. brought, yeah, and that's where they brought slaves. Yes. And sold them. Now, you know, people swim there. And so then there's these symbols from the Civil War. And I can only imagine that, you know, kids who are trying to make a buck uh, or folks who are trying to make a buck off tourists would be selling these roses. I think that's the point this is trying to make sort okay. of here at the end. You know, and uh, usually the people who are just like trying to make a buck off tourists are people who need a buck. And. In South Carolina, a lot of times those are not white people. And so then it's just sort of like sort of an effed up mm. circle. Yeah. 
but it's home is kind of the thing is like everybody's from here now yeah so how are we gonna deal with it i don't know that's sort of how i feel about it interesting that's just sort of how i feel about the south right now <laughs> yeah i hear that man but yeah it, it, it's a it's a good song it's catchy yeah yeah there's some killer guitar parts killer Definitely. bass parts which brings us to our final song, which is to a band that I loved. Yeah, this is a song that I think like is a really awesome swing, and I, you know, it's not a home run, but it's it's, it's a good shot. Yeah, this one this one leaves the smallest impression on me of all those songs on this side. For sure, yeah, I, it's not awesome, but it's like it's sort of a where the bands are. Yeah situation so what what is the song what what do you get out of this i just kind of there's a i feel that familiarity of like uh being too young and dumb to know that you were too young and dumb to be there (laughs) It's, it's talking into a microphone or whatever yeah you know i was uh was it uh, though everyone tried to ignore us? We'd scare them all off by the by then. There you stood looking proud. What was left of our crowd at the show, and I was twenty two back backwood years old. I I think um, I think it's really profound where it says somehow you put down my fears on a page when I still had nothing to say, and how I miss yeah. you today. The idea that the thing that you love about a band is that they find a way, like uh, like the reason so many people love Bruce Springsteen is that he finds a way to say things that we never that we always thought but never knew exactly how to say, you know. Yeah. And that like how he puts it like that the thing about you put my fears on a page when I still had nothing to say. How and you know like the idea of I I had feelings and I had a notion of what it meant to be a person, but I didn't have the maturity, I didn't have the vocabulary, I didn't have the wisdom to know exactly how to phrase that. And so to the band that I loved, I, I, I like this, basically an ode to the band that first taught me how to, like, what, what it meant to express those feelings. And, like, somebody out there knows that Jason Isbell wrote a song, a, the closing song on their record. Somebody out there was, you know, who's, who was 32 at the time, maybe, who was just kicking around town, had a, you know, whatever, a shitty bar band. It's like a UNA professor or something, you know? Uh-huh. Just some guy from the from the studio some bit player at the studio that you know jason was like oh they got the coolest cow punk band in town or whatever you know they were putting down his fears on a page and then one day the whole crowd leaves the bar because he's just playing you know he was just a big sweaty drunk kid just playing loud music back then when he was 22 so like i can only imagine he cleared the bar out like I, you know yeah <laughs> cleared a sheffield bar out i know what it's like watching yeah. all the working class people get up and kind of flip you the bird and leave <laughs> <laughs> it was quiet in here before you got in here don't even know free bird <laughs> uh yeah and then to look over and see that guy or girl whoever it is standing there looking proud like hey that's that's one of my kids up there uh, it's so cool, you know? Yeah, it's good. And like man. the little musical refrain where they just like kick on the distortion pedal and have that sort of childish piano part and those big, dirty guitar tones. I don't mm. know. It just felt kind of felt like kids trying. Yeah. That's I good. think this is a great concept. I just don't think he like quite nailed it. I think that's about right. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, it, I don't know if you could put it somewhere else on the album and have it make a bigger impact and let Palmetto Rose be the final song instead. Um, 
or if the, the, if he wanted to close it this quiet in this sort of you know nondescript you know i i don't know um but i i don't know i don't know if i love this or if i if i feel like it's a swing and a miss as a as a final track i just love it's to a band that i love but also at the end it's like sort of like to everyone who's listening to this music yeah and somehow i'm still out here so, well the line before kind of leads into it uh and somehow i'm still out here burning my days but your voice makes the miles melt away and so I'll be guarding your place in the lights on the stage of my heart, uh, which is like him singing to that that original band. And then he says, "In some here, very similar. I'm somehow still out here seeing your faces in likely and unlikely places." And this is like the plurality of it to me makes it sound like he's singing to the people he's singing to, right? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere playing too loud, or in what's left of that crowd at our show. Uh, and I love that because he loves to play loud. Jason always talks about like, I like to turn my guitar amp all the way up. <laughs> it's fun. That's why I do this. <laughs> and he's great at it. Yeah. And he's great at it. And so that line, like I'm seeing your faces in likely and unlikely places somewhere playing too loud. is awesome. It is good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm overall positive on this song. Yeah. I give it a lot of points for the concept. I think so, too. Yeah. But I don't have much to say about it outside of that. Yeah. You know, it's good. Yeah, it is good. It is not If It Takes a Lifetime, which is the first track on this record. But yeah. it is a good song. It, yeah, the, the album does not end as strong as it starts, but it, but it, it does end well. Yeah, super well. But uh, not yeah, as well I, I as the next it. album, which I'm super excited to talk about. Oh my gosh, the next album is <laughs> the next album is. Where I mean, it's like, at. do you remember when we got that? Like, do you remember like you listened to it one time and you're like, uh, "Did I hear that right?" <laughs> I rem- I remember knowing really quickly. Oh, this is the best album of this year in two in 2017. I remember I remember exactly where I was sitting when I realized I'm not gonna I'm not gonna find a better album in this calendar year. In, t- in this- I, the first time I heard. Uh, oh wait, that's off the newest record. Never mind. I was going to say Vampires. Yeah, Vampires is on uh, Nashville Sound. Oh, If We Were Vampires. Sorry, I was just looking for... Yeah, if, yeah. That I was like, this is the most... This song is about infinite love, and it's the saddest song I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, it's about death. <laughs> but it's also about infinite love. Yes, it's about both. And the, it's, it's, it's the, the death like part that makes concept, it very sad. Like if We Were Vampires, and we could live forever, it wouldn't be good. Right. It's knowing that this... Yeah, oh my God. We'll, 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 we'll get to that song when we get to it. So I'm just, um, I, I, I think we may be done with something more than free, but I'm super excited to talk about the Nashville sound. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, any final thoughts on something more than free before we sign off? Uh, I will say this. Uh, listen to, go find as much you know music as you can from Muscle Shoals. Even if it's just like listening to a podcast, I mean a, a playlist on like Spotify or something. It is a um, it is a special place in sort of the time space continuum as far as music goes, and the sort of progressive ideals behind like who gets to make the music. That's uh, good, man. And I'm sure there's a ton of like other politics in there that aren't as great, but just from the you know outside, this is a pretty wholesome place in its time and place. Uh, and has been. That's a good word. That's a good word, sir. 
It's a good word. Amen. Thank Amen. You know. Amen. All right. Well, thanks so much. What are you doing to me now? <laughs> <laughs> I think about that all the time. Me too. Oh, man. Um, well, well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. This was so much fun. JB, thanks for hanging out and talking Jason Isbell with me. Yeah, man. Always a great this time. This was nice. It was nice. And we'll do it again, hopefully very soon, when we talk about Jason Isbell and the 400 Units album, The Nashville Sound. Which is what's next. Until then, I'm JB. And I'm Rob. And we are Bruce... (laughs) Nope. No, we're not going to do it? Okay, fine. fine. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um... And that's the way it is. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.